Hey guys, and welcome back to The Basic Witch. We are on episode 5. Today we're talking about divination. So from last week's episode of Basic Terms and Phrases, divination is a practice of seeking knowledge by supernatural means. Um, There are a lot of different types um, of ways to use divination, different tools and such, but we are going to stick to the most common or basic because we're the basic witch (laughs) Okay, so let's dive right in because there's a lot to go over. I'm going to keep it simple so I don't overwhelm anybody. Um, Just as a reminder, do not feel like you have to understand every bit of this information right away. It can be rather confusing. There is a lot of um, different practices of divination and a lot to go over. Some of the stuff is really complex um, to get started with, so don't feel... Like, you have to understand everything all at once today, or you have to dive right into one of these today and, you know, go gung-ho with it. Take your time and really, you know, feel it. Don't feel like, oh, well, you know, this is the most common one, so this is what I have to learn. If you don't feel it, you don't feel it. That's just what it is. So, don't feel pressured. Like, you have to just go right into it. So, Okay, there are, um, like I said, a lot of different kinds. Today we're going to talk about tarot cards, oracle cards, runes, tea leaves, astrology, scrying, um, using a pendulum, spirit boards, palm reading. Those are the um, most common and basic ones that I want to talk about. There are others, but that's what I'm going to focus on for today. And later on we'll do a second um, divination episode basically to expand on what we talked about today and to add in a few others so let's get started with tarot cards I am particularly drawn to tarot cards when I was probably eight or nine I tried to make my own deck back then the internet wasn't um, what it is now there was a few websites so that was no help at all. Uh, the real only help you had as far as information would have been going to the local library and kind of, you know, doing your own research back then. But fast forward to about 13, 15, somewhere in there, I got a deck gifted to me for Christmas um, from a family member. I honestly can't remember who. I didn't know enough back then to respect that deck, so it was kind of like a waste for me, and I really kicked myself in the ass every day for not um, picking it up more and and using it. But here we are now, and tarot is really special to me. I use my tarot cards daily. I do readings for other people. Um, Tarot is just something I've been drawn to for many years. So, there are 78 cards in the deck. There's the Minor Arcana which has 56, and the Major Arcana, which has 22. The Minor Arcana is made up of four suits, wands, cups, swords, and then depending on your deck, some are pentacles, some are coins. It just depends. They're basically the same concept. And then the Major Arcana is 22 cards labeled 0 to 21, and they all are the same across the board as far as what the card actually is. So, there are many different types of decks out there, um, and your cards will look different depending on what deck you get. I personally fell in love with The Wild Unknown. Um, It's by Kim Kranz, or Kranz, K-R-A-N-S. 
I think what really drew me to this particular deck was she is very straightforward with it. The guidebook that comes with it is actually a pretty thick book. It's a hundred and I'm sorry, no, two hundred and seven pages. The beginning of the book, she kind of gives you a preface of what is going on, what it's about, and the whole concept of tarot. She breaks down um, each card with a full description and everything, but it's really important to know that tarot and basically all forms of divination rely heavily on intuition and you believing in yourself for what you see. So while, you know... The uh, Five of Cups may be a very sad, despairing card. It's going to take your intuition to understand what is, what part of your life that is. Normally, Cups has to do with emotion and um, things like that. But you have to figure out what aspects. So just trust your gut. And if you, you know, how happy everything in your life is happy as can be, and you get one of these horrid cards during a reading understand that doesn't mean that you know something horrible is just going to instantly happen and life's just going to turn to shit it just may mean that you're having some doubt about something in your life that you haven't understood yet and like I said we'll, we'll focus more on the whole tarot section later we're just doing basics today but I just want you to understand that if you're going to dive right into this when we're done just know that you have to trust your gut and don't just assume everything is absolutely horrible at the end of the world so um, it's really important when you do get a, a tarot deck, or actually any form of uh, divination, any tools, that you connect with that item. So, like, say the tarot deck, for instance, when I got my first deck, my new deck, whatever, I sleep with it. I literally put it under my pillow or in my pillowcase or in the blanket with me, whatever. You have to connect with it because your energy has to match with it and mesh well. So... Um, some witches will interview their deck, which we will we'll go more into that in a uh, episode that's dedicated all to tarot, because we're going to run out of time if we go all out on tarot on this one. And I really don't want to bombard you all with a bunch of information, so we're just going to keep it basic. But um, the tarot deck is really something that you can bond with, and it's an amazing tool to have, because you can really start to see yourself change and grow with your deck and it's just really cool I'm going to suggest that you start with a one card daily draw if you do um, go into tarot just every day when you do your morning routine before you get going or whatever draw one card read it and you know that'll be your practice for the day because the more you read the tarot the better you're going to become with it the less reliant you will become on the guidebook with it but don't feel like you have to dive in right now and learn every single thing about tarot right now or you're going to just lose your shit, honestly. You will lose your shit. Okay, so a little bit more about the tarot. Um, like I said, all decks are completely different. The background with tarot is a lot of people believe that you are not allowed to buy your first deck. That has to be gifted to you. Well, that's up to you how you want to do it. I am superstitious about a lot of things, but remember I also say there are no rules when it comes to witchcraft. I mean, really, you can't really be a wrong witch. You can't do it wrong. When we went, my husband and I, and got my first deck, I picked it out 
I really was drawn to the Wild Unknown. And he, my husband, basically took it to the register and paid for it. So technically I was gifted my first set, but I picked it out. And I really feel that it's important that you are a part of that process, honestly, because you have to be drawn to it. You have to connect with that deck. My mom bought me a um, tattoo tarot deck, and I have not felt any connection to it. She bought it for me for Christmas. I cannot connect with that deck for anything. Like, it's just, I don't know what it is, but oh my God, it's just, we don't connect. So... It literally sits as my backup, and I'll probably end up gifting it to somebody just because it's just not my thing. But, okay. <laughs> Besides me, moving back to tarot. And tarot is a great way to um, get a visualization of a situation. The most common is a three-card spread, past, present, future. And it kind of gives you a step back to look at what is going on in your life or the particular situation or whatever may be going on. I really am drawn to tarot. Like I said, you may not be, it may not be your thing. Um, there are other parts that we're going to talk about here in a little bit of other divinations. Not my thing, but I still tried it, realized it's not my thing and moved on to other things that are. So you'll find your own groove. Don't panic if you don't connect right away. We will, I promise, do a full episode on tarot soon, so let's move on. Alright, so the next form of divination we are going to discuss are oracle cards. And I know a lot of people have asked me, aren't oracle cards and tarot cards basically the same thing? Yes and no. Um... Tarot cards are basically the same meaning across the board as far as the cards go. The the same basic meaning, that's what I'm trying to say. Whether it be your your Wild Unknown deck, or be a Tattoo Tarot deck, or, hell, I don't know, a Scooby-Doo Tarot deck. The Five of Cups is all going to basically be the same meaning, you know, despair and things like that. So... They're all generally the same as far as that goes. However, oracle cards are a little different. They have a varying number of cards per deck. You can find a deck in basically anything you can possibly think of, whether it be unicorns or um, octopuses or cats or fish or whatever the fuck you want. You're going to find an oracle card on that with that theme. I mean, if you dig hard enough, you will. My current oracle card deck is a gypsy deck, and I chose that because it went back to a feeling that when I saw it, I just felt like, damn, this is really drawing me in, and it just pulled me, and that's really important when it comes to divination. You need to work with tools that really pull to you and that you feel connected to, because if you don't feel connected to it, then what what the hell's the point? You're not going to be able to read the energy, you're not going to really feel that that pull and you could be doing a reading and none of it makes fucking sense because you're not connected to it so it's just random cards it's not random cards with meaning anymore it just becomes random bullshit so it's really important that whatever divination tool you you choose to use at any point in time you feel connected to it so okay oracle cards um usually have a picture on them and then one word on each card 
they are more widely open to interpretation as far as um, not having a super deep meaning. It's literally one word. Most of the decks come with a little guidebook or some kind of um, information about that deck. So when I, with my gypsy deck, I may pull a card and it says friend and it's got a lady dressed in all the elegant attire of a lady from the 1500s or whatever. Um, to me, that signifies different things depending on the question I'm asking at the time. So with Oracle card, that's really more open to your interpretation and I think that's why a lot of people are drawn more towards the Oracle cards than they are the Tarot because Tarot is more structured. But, again, that's whatever you feel drawn to. I personally still use both. Just depends on what mood I'm in. But I do touch each deck at least once a day. Even if it's just for practice. So, that's kind of where we are at with Oracle. They are pretty fun, though. Um, I really enjoy it because you... Like I said, with the interpretation... It's a really good tool to practice your gut intuition there are so many different things that each card can mean based on your situation or the question or whatever if you're doing a reading for someone and it gives you that that freedom and that scary feeling of trusting yourself in the beginning if you're not used to that it is super fucking scary but as witches we have to learn to trust our intuition because our bodies and our gut and our mind and our hearts are telling us this for a reason and We second-guess ourselves too much in everyday life. So when it comes to our witchcraft, we really need to hone in on that and open our minds to really trusting our guts and ourselves because we know ourselves better than anyone. So just really, when you get an oracle, it's a lot of fun to just practice, you know, doing readings for yourself, different questions, scenarios, doing readings for your friends because you get to really practice trusting your intuition. And that will eventually help you in all the other areas of your witchcraft. Because you're really learning to trust yourself and not second guess yourself. Okay, so the next tool of divination we're going to discuss are runes. If you've never heard of or seen runes before, they are... The little stones or pebbles, or they can literally be made out of anything you want them to be made of. Um, they're they're little things, usually like a circle of shape, depending on what it's made of, and it has a funky looking letter on it. Those are um, the runic alphabet. It is from Germanic comp- countries from way back in the day. So um, they're basically used kind of like tarot and oracle in a way. I mean, they are kind of similar. You can pull them out, literally just draw one from a bag, or you can toss them on a cloth and, uh, you know, interpret what ones that were tied, you know, say you choose five that you want to toss down, and the way they land and the meanings of those five all would be interpreted to answer whatever question that you have going on, or, you know, whatever your situation is that you are seeking answers through divination for. Uh... You can also do a full spread layout like you would with Tarot or Oracle also. So they are similar to Tarot and Oracle cards in that, that manner. And they are pretty open to interpretation, kind of like Oracle is. So um, there are 24 letters 
in the runic alphabet each one each letter has a name and a sound so the uh let's start off for instance and i know i'm going to mispronounce this because i always do manaz it kind of it's the letter m but it looks like a letter m but instead of just the two middle parts coming down to make the pointy part it's an x sideways x so um is also known as a madir or a man uh, some people call it a manza. It's literally however you want to pronounce it, honestly, when you, you're doing it by yourself. I mean, if you're going to do it for other people, you might want to be more proficient about how you pronounce it to them because people may get a little pissy if you're not, you know, absolutely fucking perfect. But you don't have to be. Do your own thing. It is whatever it is to you. But some people, like on forums or social media, can be assholes if you mispronounce something. Um, you're just learning out, so don't feel... Like, you know, you have to know every fucking thing. Do it at your own pace. As I say throughout this entire podcast, every episode, there's no wrong way to be a witch. And you do it in your own time with your own intuition and your own feelings. So, don't freak out and think, oh my god, I have to learn every single word, every single sound, every pronunciation. Don't. You will get it as you go. Just breathe, sister. Breathe. Or brother. Okay. So, back to um, the M. The translation is man, mankind, or human. Keywords, humanity, the self, support, assistance, intelligence, family, things like that. So, like I said, with the runes, there are, um, there's 24 letters. You can do them however you want as far as the reading. You can do a single bag pull, um, toss them on a cloth, range them into a spread. However you want to do it, I honestly suggest, just like I do a tarot and oracle, a one car or a one rune <laughs> draw per day just to get yourself used to it and to learn the meanings without having to look them up every time and if you're like six weeks in and you're still looking up when you draw something don't panic and feel like you're far behind because it happens there's a lot of shit to learn when it comes to witchcraft so don't feel like you have to know every answer to everything right away or should I still look up because I'm like uh okay um well you know, you just get confused, so don't, you know, don't panic and think you have to do everything and learn everything right away. You have plenty of time. But runes, I did want to add in, too. You can make your own. Uh, runes can be kind of expensive if you order them. I did get a set on Amazon, and they were like $18 or $20. 20, no, I think they were like 26 Anyway, I did not feel drawn to them. I did not feel like... I understood them. They were super tiny. They were hard to read. I could barely see what the hell they were going on. I picked Amethyst Crystals for him to be on because I thought, oh, that's my birthstone. It'll be really cool. I'll have this connection. Fuck no, I did not. You may have better luck with it, but I'm going to tell you guys a little secret to make them any way you want and for super cheap. So, I think I spent like maybe $6 total and actually technically less because some of the stuff I already had at home. So I went to Dollar General and I went to the candle section, like, you know, where they have the fake flowers and the candles and all that little home decor area shit. You can probably get them at Walmart cheaper, but I don't have Walmart close to me, so I'm Dollar General. Anyway, I got the bag of the little clear crystal, um, I don't know what the hell they're called, pebbles, I guess. They're almost an inch, like a diameter, maybe not quite an inch. 
the bag was like two dollars and seventy five cents, and there's a shit ton in there, like fifty or sixty crystals in there. They're flat on one side and a little rounded, bubbly on the other, but not like super bubbly. I'll post pictures in the Facebook group, the Basic Witch group. Um, it is very small right now, but we are growing, so please check that out. Anyway, so I bought those little crystals. I got some spray paint and spray painted them black because that was the color I chose. I let them dry, and then I got a paint marker, which I also got from Dollar General for $2. It's in the art supply section, which is by the school supplies. It was $2 paint marker, and I just looked up runes online, and I made my own. I had a little velvet bag that some other stuff had came in, and that's my rune collection now. And I feel very drawn to it because I made it myself, which makes all the difference in the world. I really feel closer to that set. The other set that I bought from Amazon, I've not even touched since I've made this set because as I've stressed over and over when it comes to divination and honestly any part of witchcraft, you have to feel a connection with your tools. You have to feel drawn to them. So if you don't have that connection, it's not going to work. But also at the same time, don't panic if you don't have that connection right away because sometimes it takes a while to build it. Making those made me closer to them immediately, but I have a friend who made some of her own, and it took her a good week or two before she felt the connection, so don't panic thinking, oh my god, what the hell, like, you know, this is not working, don't panic, you've got plenty of time to connect with it, and if not, then you move on to something else, but feel that connection, and don't just give it, you know, your whole heart, and 110%, and keep going even though you don't feel it after so long you have to feel it in order for it to work that's just how it is with anything when it comes to witchcraft all right so the next divination tool we're going to discuss is tea leaf reading to read tea leaves you have to use loose leaf tea um, it is not widely accessible in some areas. Like I said before, I live in a tiny, tiny little rural town, so we don't have a big Walmart or metaphysical stores that are just, you know, right close by or anything without driving, you know, 30 minutes or so. So if you are getting ready to do a tea leaf reading, you realize you have no loose leaf tea, you can take some out of a tea bag and make it that way. You just have to improvise and do what works for you. So... With that said, keep in mind how much tea that you put in there because when you read your tea leaves at the end, you have to drink the tea first so you don't need to be chewing on your drink. If you put a shit ton of tea leaves in there, you're going to be chewing that shit to drink it. So put a little bit in to give it enough flavor, drink your drink, and then you can do your, your reading. My major suggestion when you are drinking the tea that you're going to read the leaves from I I would always concentrate on parts of your life or what you're really wanting to know tea leaf reading can be very general it doesn't have to be specific upon like work or whatever it can be interpreted in many ways very widely but if you have a specific question it's really important to concentrate that on that question or that situation why you drink your tea it just gives you a better connection with it. Also, don't panic if when you start doing this the first few times you don't see anything. 
just takes time for your mind to open back up. We've lived in a society for so long that has told us that things are wrong or we don't see what we see or, you know, it's just a coincidence or whatever. So our minds have become closed over the years and as we grow older, most of the time they become more closed. We have to, as witches, retrain ourselves to open our minds back up and to find that intuition inside of us and to feel comfortable with it again. So... Just don't panic if you're just not getting it right away. And that goes for every form of divination and every aspect of witchcraft. Don't freak out. Just go with the flow. It will come in time. I promise you. Okay, so you drank your tea. You concentrated on your situation or your question while you're drinking it. All the liquid's gone except for a little tiny bit in there. Enough to leave the leaves wet to stick to something. It's time to read there are a few different ways that you can do this. You can literally just look into the bottom of the cup, size of the cup or the hell the tea is stuck to, and look for an image or sometimes I've seen a word or whatever you see or feel from that specific cup, the bottom, the leaves, whatever you feel. Trust your instinct. Do not second guess yourself. If you see a horse, you see a fucking horse. Then you have to interpret what the hell that horse means. And please keep in mind that it may not literally mean you're going to get a horse next week. That's probably not realistic unless you're a rancher and that's the shit you do for a living. Then you may actually get a horse next week. It's all about interpretation. So what that horse means. Well, that horse may mean that you are strong and you are you are headstrong, you are set on your goals, you are kicking ass and taking names. It honestly depends on how you interpret it. And again, divination is all about interpretation and trusting yourself. You can also use it as a calendar. So what I would suggest if you're going to do it this way is using the handle as 12 or December. It's going to be like a clock, basically. The handle of your cup would be 12, so that would be December. Look for things in specific areas, so you might see a lot of clumpage going on through, like, the 1 and 2 area. So, January and February may be completely overwhelming for you, or there may be a lot of activity going on for you. And September, so 6, I'm sorry, so um, 9 and 8 and 7 may be pretty clear. Not a whole lot over there, so maybe July, August, September are kind of laid back. Things are kind of, you know, calm or whatever. You may see an image in there around, like, the 10-11 of, like, a lion or something. And that may mean that you're going to have some strong-willed shit going on in November, December. You, it just is about your interpretation, your intuition, and your imagination. Don't feel like it has to be this specific way. It has to be black and white. It has to do all this shit. It's whatever you feel. You have to trust your gut and your intuition when it comes to all this stuff, okay? Okay, so let's move on. Okay, so the next form of divination I want to talk about is astrology. And I am still considering myself a newbie when it comes to astrology. I am learning 
a lot and it's really overwhelming so I don't want to give you guys misinformation or freak you out or anything so when we're talking about astrology I'm going to be very basic um, way more basic than I was with the others so of course everyone knows astrology are the signs you know based on when you're born and um you know, like Aquarius and Aries and Taurus and Leo and Scorpio and Cancer and blah, blah, blah. And everyone has these particular, oh, you know, you're Scorpio that makes you a bitch or whatever, you know. I don't personally think that, but I've seen that in the, the groups many times. And it's like, damn, y'all just are hateful on these people because when they're born. But it all does make sense when you really get into it. And you can't just go off your sun sign. So without over you all and freaking y'all out you have more than one sign that's your sun sign and then you have a moon sign and you have an ascending sign and there's just a lot of um, different parts of astrology that work together and it literally is based off the date you were born the time the place down to the minute and you know the city and everything so There's a really great book called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. It's by Joanna Martin, Martine, uh, Wolfhulk. Got it on Amazon. I think it was like 16 bucks. It's definitely worth it. It breaks down all parts of astrology from your um, natal chart, which we will definitely discuss in another episode. We're going to do a full episode on astrology, which is really going to be pretty cool. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm not overwhelming you guys, so I want to have time to really get all my ducks in a row before I share all that info with you guys, because it can be really overwhelming, all of it from astrology. So, to find your natal chart, there are a lot of moving parts to figure out. The book will tell you how to do it. It's got all kinds of information in it. It's like I don't know, almost a thousand pages probably. I didn't actually look at the page numbers, but there's a shit ton of pages in there. So it's going to take me a while to read that whole book, but it's also a great reference book. Um, it's definitely not the only astrology book you'll ever need, but it's a hell of a start. It's really an amazing book. There is a website um, that you can go to and enter all of your information, and it will literally um, tell you everything you need to know as far as like what you are um for everything like your your entire entire needle chart report it's called astro cafe astrology i'm sorry cafeastrology.com is what it's called it's really cool um don't use this as your only source of astrology information please please but basically you type in um where you were born your name, what time you were born, everything like that, and it creates your your whole natal chart for you. It's super cool. So, I'm an Aquarius, but my moon is in Gemini, and I mean, there's just so much stuff. It literally tells you where every planet was when you were born, like what they were in. So, I mean, it's just super, super cool. My ascending sign is Sagittarius. Um, I have my report and I'm still trying to like learn my way through it because there's a lot of shit to learn with it. So, like I said, I don't want to overwhelm you and fill you up with all this information on astrology right now because we need to do that as a whole episode separately. 
and I honestly think we will do a whole episode on tarot later too, just because there's so much info on it that it's really important that you guys have your questions answered, so I think we should definitely do that separate, but um, it is a great book to work with. Start off by literally just reading your horoscope in the newspaper every day, or there's online horoscopes or wherever. Just start off by reading that and seeing what parts of it actually come true each day, and you can literally read it at the end. Like when I started off with um, doing all this stuff, I used to read my horoscope every day in the mornings. Like that was the first thing I did when I, you know, I was reading the paper. I went straight to that part of it. I opened the comic book or the comic page section and went straight to my horoscope. And I read it every day and I tried to make that stuff happen. And it was a little overwhelming, but every day I did it over and over and over again. And then one day it hit me maybe I need to do it the other way around. So, I started reading my horoscope at the end of the day, and I would put into perspective, oh, okay, well, this makes sense because I did feel this way about it, or, ah, you know, I did have an eye-opening experience. I mean, clearly those weren't the words in my horoscope, but it all made more sense afterwards because I was so focused on when I read it in the mornings, I was so focused on making those exact words happen that I didn't interpret it or let my intuition take over to understand what the hell is actually happening. And that's a huge part of it. That's why a lot of people are like, oh, astrology's not real. It's just, you know, something in the newspaper or the back of Cosmopolitan or whatever. No, the shit's real. And it's really interesting if you do it in a way that you feel connected to, a way that you understand in a way that you actually feel like works for you. So, um, I really highly suggest if everyone go to Cafe Astrology, type in your info, get your, um, natal chart report, and just kind of look through it, and things you may see that you, you know, you may be a Leo and not feel like you meet that description or you fit that description real well, then you may realize that you're moon sign as Aquarius and it makes a whole lot more sense so it's really important to know if you're going to focus on astrology and just kind of fun to know for any part of witchcraft your signs what they mean where they're from what what point in time that you were born that everything stood still for a moment so check out cafe astrology if you have the means to um, get the book the only astrology book you'll ever need if you can't do that right now that's totally fine. I absolutely get it. Um, I can always send you some screenshots of our pictures of my book and we could, uh, you know, you can use it that way. So we'll, we'll find some way for you to still get the info you need. I promise. Don't panic and think you have to go and buy it right today. But if you can buy it at some point, you do have the means for that. It's really cool. You're gonna, you're really gonna enjoy that book. So Okay, so the next divination topic we're going to discuss is scrying, which is basically gazing into something to envision the future. Um, Example, crystal balls, black mirrors, fire, water, kind of anything really um, that gives you a blank stare feeling that you can make something out of. I mean, 
it's really cool. There's a lot of different things. And scrying is something that I'm just now really starting to mess with. Um, a lot of people will laugh when you tell them that you're looking at the crystal ball because it is such an old cliche um, from back in the day but it's actually really cool they even sell black crystal balls now which is even more amazing but uh, my husband actually ordered me a crystal ball it was supposed to have been delivered Tuesday and then it got delayed it was supposed to be here yesterday and now they have no idea where the hell it is because it got lost so a little pissed off about that but it happens I did make my own black mirror so let me tell you a little bit first. Um, you can go on Etsy or Amazon, wherever, and look for black mirrors. And they're going to be fucking expensive because people put time and money into it, make it, so they want, you know, reimbursed for the cost, but also their time and their skill. So, I get that, but it's so much cheaper and easier to make your own. So again, I DIY'd it. I... Went to the dollar store, Dollar General, because that's the, like, literally in my town, we have a Dollar General family dollar, and that's it as far as, like, shopping chains, and it sucks sometimes, but you gotta do what you gotta do. So, anyway, I went and got a picture frame, it's like a, it's bigger than 8 by 10, so it's probably 11 by 13, maybe. Anyway, it is awesome, <laughs> um... So I took the glass and I laid it down, took it out of the frame, and I laid it down on a um, trash bag. And I took spray paint, black spray paint, and I painted it, glossy spray paint. Don't use flat because it's not going to come out looking the same. So spray paint one side of the glass that's from the picture frame with glossy black spray paint, let it dry. Then when you put it back in the picture frame, you want the non-painted side out. Like, actually, you know, face... So, if you're doing it, you're going to put the non-painted sign face down on the counter in the frame. Put your back back on. The back is going to go on the painted side. And then hang it up or do whatever you want with it. It ends up looking really cool. And all together, it cost me... The picture frame was $5. The paint I already had. So, say I had to buy the paint. A dollar. You're six bucks and you have your own scrying mirror. Your own black mirror. It's really cool. And if you don't use it, it just looks fucking cool hanging in your area by your altar. I mean, that's just my opinion, though. You can do any size you want. You want a tiny one that you can keep with you and use on the go. I'm going to make one this weekend. They have those little tiny picture frames for a dollar that are, like, you know, three by five. Super tiny. You could price slide it in your purse, to be honest. I mean, that's really cool. But you can make it out of out of that so much cheaper than you can buy it I'm not knocking anybody who makes shit on Etsy you guys are amazing I think your stuff is really cool I'm just more of a thrifty person so if I can save here or there I'm going to try and save where I can there are some things I cannot make and I absolutely will buy from you people because y'all are bad bitches so <laughs> anyway back to scrying when you first start off it's really important that you are in an area that you're not going to have any reflection going into like say your mirror for instance you don't want to be able to see your reflection into it and you also don't want to have reflection of everything else around because then that's what you're going to focus on so clear your mind the best you can try to focus and when you're starting out think of something specific that you um would look towards or you want to look for like a um, maybe you are thinking of a dog so you want to focus your attention and put it to making 
your imagination see a dog basically um i know it sounds really weird but once you practice with it a little bit it's a little easier to understand what i'm saying um the words are harder than is the emotions when you actually do it so the girl that i um actually learned scrying from she had said that she would like focus on trying to see a carrot pop up and that's how she would you know get herself in that zone and connect with her mirror you can do however it is that you want just remember open your intuition when you start doing it and you've cleared your mind trust your gut trust your intuition what you see in that in that mirror is not just some reflection of a carrot that's hanging on your wall that's something you envisioned in that shit so trust your gut believe in yourself open your mind concentrate focus you'll be good to go don't panic if you don't get it right away it does take a while um if you don't want to go right in and buy the stuff to make scry mirror buy a crystal ball or any of that yet and you just want to practice to see if this is even something you would like to do before you put that effort into it start with a bowl of water <laughs> literally fill a fucking tupperware bowl of water and stare into it remember make sure there's no reflections going into it or anything you know maybe do over the can the do it on the counter with like you know a plain white ceiling or whatever it is that you're gonna have all these other reflections in it but just practice with that or a fire you know it's bonfire season for a lot of people some people have fires in the summer i don't know where y'all are from but in indiana every weekend night is like a fire night um just practice what you can see you know and you'll see a lot of facebook groups a lot of people will post that they've seen stuff in a fire or they'll ask you you know what do you see or whatever there's a lot of different ways to go about scrying so you got to find what works for you and don't panic if none of it does because you're not going to feel connected to every form of divination so don't freak out and think oh my god i suck at this i'm gonna give up witchery and the whole craft and all that shit no don't do that take your time it'll all come to you don't panic it will be okay i promise you okay all right guys next we're talking about palm reading and i really think palm reading is super cool I had my palm read um, when I was younger, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And then uh, some of it came true. Some of it I still haven't seen yet, but I'll explain why. I haven't seen it actually come to term yet here in a second. But um, I do want to share a little story with you guys about a palm reading session I had done probably 15 years ago. So where I'm from, we have these little festivals. They're kind of like little flea markets. They're pretty cool. But um, you have them. It used to be once a year, and it used to be a big deal with Potawatomi Indians and everything. And it was so cool. Well, the one year they had a fortune-telling tent. She did tarot and uh, oracle and the crystal balls, crying the whole nine yards of palm reading. And I decided to have my palm read. I don't know what drew me to it to have her do it, but I did. And she told me some really cool shit. But the thing that caught me that I always thought she was wrong about was she told me I was going to have three kids. A boy, a girl, and a boy. And I thought, okay, this chick is wrong. And she was very adamant that that was what was happening. At that point, I already had a girl and a boy. And um, my tubes were tied. So 
I was like, okay, this chick just doesn't know what's happening, or I'm gonna adopt, or I'm gonna have some miracle baby kind of shit happening, like, okay, so it really changed my whole mind for palm reading for a while, because I thought, well, you know, she just was so adamant that I was wrong about the kids that I was gonna have, and it just really bothered me. Well, now, fast forward, for those of you who don't already know, I have a trans child, my son, born a female, is 19 years old, be 20 in August, and I fully believe that my child should have been a boy from the beginning. Um, I don't know how you feel on that stance, and I'm not here to preach one side or the other, but I am a huge supporter and ally of the LGBTQ plus community, and if that means you disagree and that means you don't want to listen to my podcast anymore, I respect that, but I'm not changing my views, so... Moving on. Um, that now makes sense. Looking back, she said I would have a girl and two boys. And I do have, technically have, a girl and now I have two boys. So, it all makes sense. And once you learn to read the lines, you'll understand a little bit more. Like, once you get into it, you'll understand what each line means. But I'm just going to kind of go ahead and talk about this real quick. Now, on the marriage line, which is under your pinky... It goes out, and then your children line is right underneath it. The longer the line, boy, shorter lines are girl. Well, the the first line, which was the girl line, was very prominent, but then extended past the marriage line and was fainter, almost making it like a boy line. But she didn't tell me that. She only told me boy or girl boy boy. She knew what was going on, but I don't think that she wanted to explain or expand on that at that point. But it makes sense to me now that I can read palms. I understand it now. So if you ever get a palm reading and you're like, what the hell? This person's completely wrong. Understand it's about interpretation and some shit may not happen yet. There are four major lines. The headline, the Heart line, fate line, and lifeline. There are several other lines and markings and everything else, but those are the four major. You also have your active hand and your inactive hand. So your active hand is the one, obviously, that you're right with, your dominant hand. And your inactive hand is the opposite. So I'm right-handed. My left hand, my inactive hand, is your natural potential hand. It is the hand that usually doesn't really change much over time. I mean, it does, but it's not affected by the influences from life and things going on. Your dominant hand, the right hand, or active hand, whatever you write with, that hand can change quite a bit based on things going on. So, again, it's about interpretation. Once you learn the lines, um, what they mean, which way they should be going, or which way means what then you start to interpret it and understand what each one means. And palm reading is not something you just pick up one book and bam, you're a fucking master at it because no. (laughs) It takes a lot of practice. It takes drawing hands and different lines and then interpreting them or asking your friends for a picture of their hand and they're like, um, why the hell do you want a picture of my hand? And they think you're into some weird sex shit. You gotta explain things. It's crazy, but it's really fun and it's awesome to see 
the different patterns of people's hands and the different things going on. It's also really fun to read a stranger's hand because you don't know their life. And I mean, I, I don't recommend starting off reading strangers' hands because if you start off reading like a friend's hand or a family member's hand, you pretty much know their life for the basic part of it, majority of it anyway. So those lines are going to make a lot more sense, you know, why the headline ends at the Mail of Saturn instead of, you know, somewhere else. And it's going to make sense as you go because, oh, well, they are this way or why they have all these little lines, you know, by their thumb and, oh, well, those are travel lines. They travel all the time. That makes sense, you know, and the marriage line, success line, fate line, logic, health, all of that, it all makes sense and it'll be a little bit easier for you to practice and hone your skills in if you're reading the hand of someone you know. So it's it's just really cool to, to practice that way and then you'll get better as you go. I do have a book to suggest, um, since I'm kind of suggesting books on all these different topics today. Uh, it's called A Little Bit of Palmistry, An Introduction to Palm Reading by Cassandra Eason. Actually quite a really good um, introductory book when it comes to learning about palm reading. I do wish there were more um, diagrams in here, but I have literally just copied my hand like I was in elementary school. put my hand down on a piece of paper and <laughs> traced it out and drew the lines on it to understand as I was going. So... I do plan to order a, like, you know, the, you see the little hands that are like a bookend kind of deal, but they got the lines on them or people use them for jewelry or whatever. I am going to order one of those so I can practice on that. I've got to find some type of, um, maybe like a dry erase marker might work on there a little better where I can draw the lines and then wipe them all off and start over. I'm not sure, but anyway, that's my plan (laughs) to practice and, you know tighten up my palm reading skills so um it is really cool though palm reading is really awesome you have to feel the energy first it's really important to um to you know run your fingers over the person's hand that you're going to read and connect with their energy too because that's going to make you more in tune with your intuition when it comes to reading our palm so I know I just gave you a shit ton of information about palm reading that may be a little bit overwhelming and I'm really sorry. I did not mean to really want to keep that basic. I just got really excited because I'm working on my palm reading skills. So I just got a little excited. Sorry. All right. So moving forward. last two types of divination we're going to discuss today kind of go hand in hand pendulums and spirit boards or as some people know them Ouija boards a pendulum um, if you have never seen one is a little chain which is it depends on you know what length you get but they're a few inches long maybe four and a half five some as long as six inches long some are longer it just depends on your liking it has a stone or crystal or something at the bottom, usually with a point on it, and then there's something smaller at the top, like a little tiny, it's smaller than a marble, but it's like another little stone or something to to hold it. Basically, if you were to put it in a holder, it's going to stop it from falling, basically. With the pendulums, you can usually ask yes, no, maybe questions. They are pretty cool. Um, when you start off with them, 
again, like I've said with every divination tool, you need to bond with it and connect with it. I carry whatever pendulum I'm going to be using for that day in my bra. Um, I'm a girl, I can do that, guys. I know that you don't have bras, so you have to find another spot, um, a pocket, something, you know, whatever is comfortable for you. But for me, I always have some crystal or pendulum in my bra. Too much information, I know, but I'm telling you because I know I'm not alone. So you want to connect with it, and when you start off asking questions with pendulum, you want to let the pendulum decide what is yes and what is no. So you need to ask questions like, when you're swinging it, my name is Cassie. Whatever direction it goes to, clearly is yes. So if it's side to side, that's yes. If it's vertical, it's no. I mean, it's yes, whatever the pendulum says to the question that you know the answer to already. Always warm up with a few questions that you know the answer to so you can make sure that you are connected with whatever spirit or energy is influencing the pendulum. Because it's very frustrating to just jump right in and then get all these answers and be bullshit answers because nothing was actually doing it. It was just the sway of the earth or whatever. Um, just be open-minded that not every time you're going to connect with the that pendulum and maybe one you use every day and today it decides we're not fucking connected don't bother keep going it happens get a different one that you use or come back tomorrow sometimes you know energy and spirits are having a shit day like we do they don't want to be bothered so when it comes to pendulums you want to feel connected to it you want to feel like you can trust it and it needs to trust you as well so like I said, I carry mine in my bra to have that closeness and connection. Carry it wherever you want. It's just, that's my personal opinion of where I carry mine. So, pendulums are great though. Um, they're great for yes, no, maybe questions. Um, I use mine at least once a day. I try to use almost all my tools at least once a day, but the scrying and things like that, I don't obviously use every day. I do have my black mirror, um hanging up in my altar area which was really cool just for decoration too but I, I do use the pendulums every day just because I do like to keep myself on top of it and I like to brush up my skills daily I want to stay on top of it so I don't ever lose that power because it's such a fucking amazing feeling when you're doing this stuff it's not like you're doing evil stuff you're not selling your soul to the devil or what the fuck ever everyone thinks you know witchcraft is we're not satan's fucking handmaidens and shit we are spiritual people who are on a path to do what makes us feel amazing inside and we connect with mother earth mother nature the spirits and the energy all around the world all around us everywhere so Pendulums use the energy and the spirit's energies from around you to answer your questions. It's really hard to talk about pendulum without showing you. So maybe I'll post some videos on the Facebook page to kind of um, show you a little bit like how it works in person. Not person, but you know, video anyway. But you just get a better understanding when you see stuff. So that's one thing with the podcast that is a downside is you guys can't see hands-on things that I'm doing but if you check the Facebook page it's just called the basic witch the cover photo is the same as the photo for the podcast so 
should be fairly easy to find. Um, anyway, back to pendulums. They're, they're a great source to use. You can use them on the go, in your car, at work, in a store. I mean, if you really want to know uh, which shirt to buy, if you should buy this thing or whatever, pop out your pendulum, use it if you carry it with you. Um, it's just a really handy tool to keep with you on uh, all the time, you know. But it is really important to cleanse and charge your pendulum. You don't want the negative energy carrying around. You know, if you had a bad experience going on or something, or there's been negative energy, you don't want that to carry over to the next reading. So do, you know, cleanse, cleanse and charge your pendulum regularly. You want to make sure you stay on top of that because if not, you're going to get mixed signals, mixed shit's going on, and you're not going to know what the fuck's what. So, all right, now the sphere board where that ties in. Um, a lot of people, let's go, when I, you know, like hear the term spirit board or think of it, they automatically think of like the Ouija board. And my mom to this day swears up and down that the Ouija board is just this horrible thing. And I got this or that and being born on Friday the 13th is where all my bad luck came from and all this shit. So let me tell you a little story about a Ouija board. I was probably, oh, maybe like 10, 11. And my parents were out of town, and my sister was babysitting me, and she had a party. She's six years older, so she would have been like 16, 17. She had a party, and there was a bunch of people over, and they got the Ouija board out. And here I am, this little kid that's tag along with my sister to everything. I was not wanted there by her and all of her friends, but I was there. So, they get the Ouija board out, and we had, I don't even know where the hell these came from, but those big glass pillar candles... They've got like the religious figures and shit on them. So we had a couple of those lit. And we're just sitting there in the den doing the Ouija board, asking weird questions. You know, people are moving that little thing everywhere, trying to make it answer whatever. The doorbell rings and the glass pillar candle snaps in half. Not just the glass, the whole fucking candle snaps in half. Craziest shit ever. I was so freaked out. And to this day, my mom still blames that. And, of course, being born on Friday the 13th as my bad luck. So, I don't know what to make of that. I was little. It scared the shit out of me. And I never wanted to touch one again. Fast forward. Here I am at 39. And I have a fucking amazing spirit board that my husband got me. It is seriously the most amazing piece I've ever seen in my life. It was a little pricey, but... He said I deserved it, so I got it. <laughs> um, no, but really, though, I'll post pictures. Actually, I think I just posted a picture of it yesterday on there. It is super cool. I refuse to use the little thing, and the word is escaping me for some reason. <laughs> the little, um, you know, the little weird-shaped thing that everybody puts fingertips on, and, you know, it goes to the letter. I refuse to use that thing. I will not use it, um... Just because I don't trust people not to push it one way or the other. If I want to talk to spirits, I want to get answers. I'm not putting that fate in anyone else's hands that I don't 100% believe are on the same path that I am as far as the answers go. I know that sounds shitty. Oh, you don't trust your family? No, I do. I just, I just rather have full control of knowing no one is pushing that shit anywhere. So I use a pendulum with my spirit board. 
And you may think, wow, that's got to be hard. You know, it could be going right in between them. Well, at first, I really thought it was going to be, but it wasn't. It was pretty well right on it. Um, my first reading was a little scary with the new spirit board. It told me, my house cast no. And then, goodbye. And I was like, okay, so it's either my dad, because technically my house is in my dad's name. And he passed in 2016. Or it is the previous um, owners. There have been a few that have died here, so it could be them telling me no. I don't know what they mean no. They mean no to using the spirit board. They mean no to the renovations we're doing. I need more answers. They did not want to talk. I didn't press it. We're going to talk again today, hopefully. So just keep in mind when you're using um, any tools of divination to have respect for the spirits. Don't get pissed off because it's not the answer you wanted or they're not communicating right now or whatever. You don't want to piss off the spirits and get mad and throw a fit because they're not cooperating for you and doing what you want them to do. That's just not going to work out in your favor. So just please use discretion. Please be very careful and show respect to the spirits. kind of wrap up um divination is amazing um no matter which form or tool you decide to use with your practice or all of them or however you choose to do it divination is an amazing thing to have and tools to be able to use so respect them connect with them keep an open mind trust your intuition do not get pissed off when the spirits aren't cooperating don't freak out if you're asking about your love life when you're doing tarot reading and you get a bunch of shit about um you know work and all this other stuff that would you know go along with work or make sense of that you have to understand that not every time is everything going to be right on and don't get frustrated because it's just the spirits telling you they're not and they're not ready to talk yet or they're not in the mood or you know, the universe telling you, hey, we're, we're not going to do this right now. You're not going to stretch yourself out over this or that or whatever. So, trust your instincts. Trust your gut, your intuition. Be open-minded and please respect everything. Respect the spirits. Respect the tools. Embrace what you've learned and go with it. Um, I really suggest keeping a journal of some sort. I mean, we talked about the magic journaling, I think, in the last episode when we were talking about the difference between book shadows and magic journaling. So, when you do a tarot read for your first one or whatever you want to, you know, if if you want to keep a book, separate book for each type of divination um, that you're going to use, that's great too. If you want to just do it different chapters or sections of your magic journaling book, it's however the hell you want to do it. It's your call. Again, there is no wrong way to be a witch and do witchcraft. So, whatever is right for you, But I highly suggest that you, um, journal it. Like, okay, so today I did a three-card draw, past, present, future, and it was right on. And then, you know, at the end of the night, you come back and this happened, this happened, this happened. So I do see, you know, where card C was talking about this and that makes sense. I still don't know what the hell card A was talking about. 
and then a week later you remember something that makes card A make sense. So it's just kind of fun to go back and um, to see what you did and what came about of it and things that evolved from everything. And it's a great way to get you to trust your instincts as well. So, and you can go along your path knowing that you are on the right path or hey this deck doesn't work for me it it's doing this this and this and that's not what I'm asking and then you know it's time to maybe look at a different deck or or something else but just keeping track and journaling this stuff and how these things made you feel is really a great tool and resource to have to look back on and a better way for you to really open your mind and trust your instincts and know that what you're doing is actually right and good so um this episode went a little longer than I expected and I do apologize I really thank you guys for listening um I really enjoy answering your questions I enjoy um, the emails I've gotten tell me that people like the show and different things it just makes me feel good and I do this because there wasn't anyone to help me when I started it was also overwhelming so my whole goal is to make sure that the new witches and future witches and I don't use the term baby witch I don't know why I just I cringe when I hear that term you can use it it's totally cool I know a lot of people love that term that phrase it's just I've never said it in a way that you know being like fully calling myself that or anything but my goal is to help everyone get on the right path and learn the basics so they can become the best witch that they that they have the potential to be so if you have any questions or comments or want anything on a future episode, you can email thebasicwitch2020 at gmail.com. You can go on the Facebook page and join the group, The Basic Witch. It is the same um, cover photo as that I have for the podcast here. Let me know what you guys want to see um, or talk about. If you want to see any pictures of my stuff, if you want you know, specific topic, or if you have something secret, you know, that you want to talk about, but you want to remain anonymous, you can send me an email or message me on the Facebook page, and I will, um, answer your question either back to you that way, or we can discuss it anonymously through the next podcast episode or whatever. We will find a way to talk about all of it. So, um, with all that said, practice some divination stuff. If you can't run out, I, I understand people are strapped right now the economy is crashing um it is a shithole unemployment is super high i am one of those people right now um if you're listening to the future it is june 12th of 2020 the coronavirus is still a serious issue going around and things are just overall not super well in the u.s right now so I understand that you may not have the money to go out and buy all these things that you want to buy. And I get that because shit happens. So, start off with things that you can do. You can download a tarot app. I know there's a bunch of um, cool ones on, or I'm sorry, in the app store for Apple. Um, Some of them you're just going to have to filter through, load them, see if they're really fucking cheesy or not. Delete them if they are, get something new. Start off by, you know reading your horoscope at night and going back and seeing what throughout the day fit through that or what makes sense to you start off by filling a bowl of water and scrying into the water to try to see um, 
tea leaves if you have any tea at home. Like I said, even if you only have a tea bag, cut it open, get some loose tea out, go that way. If you have a rock at home and a chain or a necklace or whatever, you know, some way to do, make your own pendulum. Practice with it. You don't have to go buy everything right away and feel like you have to jump right into each one of these. You don't. You have plenty of time to find your path and find your groove and don't get frustrated. If you have questions, need help, whatever, I am here. Again, um, go to the Facebook group, The Basic Witch, or you can email me, thebasicwitch2020 at gmail.com. Next episode, I have not decided yet what we are going to talk about. I did have a request for some herbs to talk about um, how we use herbs and magic, things like that. I've had a request for um, discussing the Wheel of the Year. I've actually had several of those, so that is going to be one, but I think it's going to be a big two-parter. And also, what was the other thing that I was asking about? Oh my god, I'm drawing a blank on it. I've, I've had so many requests, I think it's really cool. But the next episode, oh yes, I think actually we are going to do the next episode will probably be about casting a circle. Because I want to start getting into all of that. And I think it's really important that we, we all know the proper way to cast a circle and close a circle before we start really diving into magic. So that is what next episode will be. We will discuss casting a circle and getting all set to start some spell work. So again, thank you guys. I know this episode is longer than normal. I'm really sorry about that, but there was a lot of information to cover. And there's still a lot of information I didn't go over, but we will... Um, do future episodes just on tarot, just on palm reading, just on runes as we get going and all those things because I really want you guys to have full understanding of everything. I just don't want to overwhelm you all at once. So, peace out. Stay safe. Next week we will discuss casting circles and closing them. Thanks so much, guys. Peace. Later, witches. <laughs>